Hey, you there. Yeah, you. Ever feel like you know too much about celebrity gossip, movies, TV shows, and even music? All things that people deem unimportant. Well, you've come to the right place. Here at Trivial Lore, I discuss all things that are utterly useless, but otherwise make me happy. Let's start the show. So, uh, I first want to start off by saying that the movie-going experience post-COVID has been an interesting one. So, at the beginning of, you know, I would say, like, what, I mean, we're still in COVID era, but I would say, like, post-COVID era of, like, going out in public, and a lot of us are obviously more comfortable going out. Um, a lot of us are, you know, feeling good because of the vaccines, etc., but I would say that the post-COVID, like 2022 to now, um, has been an interesting thing to see in terms of going to the movies. So obviously there's a lot more box office, you know, um, releases now. Prior to COVID, it was a fucking nightmare. Like nobody was going to the movie theaters. Um, they had those courtesy seats in between. So it's not like they were selling out theaters like they can do now. Um, and like now nobody really has the desire to sit in a room with strangers um, and kind of, you know, watch a movie together anymore. So many things are available on streaming and, you know, we'll talk about streaming a little bit later and how just TV in general has changed because of streaming and now it's affecting the movie going experience as well. Um, but I think that these kind of commercial theaters, especially that exist in America, are trying to get privy to what people would want to see, um, the length, the length of you know time that a movie is in a that a movie is in the box office now is like not even near how long like most of these movies used to play, right? Because after a certain period, most of them are selling them to streaming services, um, or they're going to the prospective uh, companies, you know, streaming service. So now we get movies that were in theaters. Um, you know, for like a month, they're on streaming services now within a month. Like after that month is up, it's like HBO Max, Netflix, um, fucking Paramount. Um, like there's no longer like that three month period that you could traditionally have to go see a movie, right? You would just have those have those movies in the theater and like i don't know if this is just specific to florida or like a, a southern thing but i feel like it should be like all over but i just want to make sure because this might be specific but um like the discount movie theaters that used to have like these movies that have been out since like the beginning of the year um and they would just compile and compile and you just pay a dollar to go to the movie theater to see this movie that you might not have seen in like january and now you can see it in like the summertime you know what i'm saying so it's like things like that don't exist anymore the discount one that was in orlando shut down like that whole strip um on east colonial is just fucking bare bones and it, you know, it, it has affected the movie going experience, I'm sure. And even like the discount theater can't even survive, you know, and they're probably getting these rips, you know, for cheap um, and getting like these distribution copies for cheap. Um, and so, like, how does that tie back to like these multimillion dollar companies that are franchises across 
um, the U.S. So take for me, for example, I'm a Regal member. Um, I use their Regal Rewards membership, and I also have the subscription where I can see as many movies as I can, um, or as I want, actually. I try to see as many movies as I can, um, but as many movies as you want, um, and you can have multiple on the same day, um, you know, no unlimited. Literally, I'm paying 25 bucks a month. But it's a subscription service, right? So it's interesting that they have adapted using a subscription service. I know they used to have like Movie Pass before COVID, but that shit went into shambles somehow. Um, I don't think they were making profit, but like now, like the movie theaters are conforming to this format. Like you can buy the subscription and you get to see all these movies. Now, is it lucrative? I don't know. I don't crunch numbers for Regal. I don't crunch numbers for AMC, which is another company that I know has that um, that monthly that monthly uh, payment so that you can see as many movies um, and go to the movies as much as you want. Um, but now the concession stands have raised prices, right? Um, the reason why I love Regal, though, is because they service um, hot food selection. So it's not at every location, but most locations in Central Florida um literally have like the full concession stands for all regal um so you're paying you're paying for your movie ticket with the food right because they hope as a rewards member because you get so many like cash back uh you know you get so many cash back rewards like as soon as you buy a ticket you get like ten thousand points and tokens and that goes towards you know like a free popcorn with a large drink or you know like this is free a two dollar popcorn large popcorn day or whatever so they want you to utilize that so are they making their money through that most likely um are you making enough money because i mean people don't check bags we know this i haven't i don't think i've been i've been asked for someone to see my bag since i was a literal teenager at like age of 13 so like what's stopping people from um, you know, bringing in a whole rotisserie chicken like they <laughs> do on fucking TikTok or, you know, they bring in like a fucking watermelon. F they pretend they're pregnant, bring a water fill, uh, watermelon full of like candy and snacks and stuff. And so like what's stopping people from doing that? Nothing. But like there is such a need and a want for like people to go to the movie theater again like especially by like these big companies like um production companies that are you know not marvel not you know like paramount pictures you know like all of these like big conglomerates right um which regal does a great thing about doing indie movies and um out of the you know not in the u.s releases um and stuff like that but like not a lot of movie theaters can sustain and like have the resources to get their hands on those copies right um so it's just a weird weird time that we live in um where like movie movie going in theaters isn't as popular as it used to be um and there's like no etiquette like there's no etiquette now like people will take off their shoes now like they're so used to being like at home uh it's just a really weird environment um especially because now most of the seats are recliners which i'm not mad about um one of the movie theaters i do frequent and go to they don't have them and is fucking hell but you get through it after the you know like 20 minutes of preview previews you kind of forget about the pain of your back being fucking stand up straight um especially because a lot of us are hunched over right because we're at a computer desk all this shit i mean just like our whole makeup and our whole like 
culture has shifted tremendously from when I was a teenager. And we see these with like general generational changes, etc. It's just I didn't think movie theater experiences would fade that quick um, just because I, I love to see it on a big screen. I love like the Dolby, you know, like surround sound. I can't afford a sound bar in my home. So it's like it's amazing to get like that theater experience um, than the at home experience. But I think people are too comfortable with the at home experience now and they can control the environment, have their own snacks, you know, invite whoever they want, etc. Don't have to pay. Um, but your, um, you know, weekly subscription, all of that, but uh for like your streaming services but like there's just something about a movie theater man that makes a movie better and like that might be kind of like annoying to say but it's true it's so fucking true um and i wish more people would make the effort to go into the movie theater again um because there are a lot of like great releases that are coming out um and i don't think i would have enjoyed them as much if i was at home by myself um and not in a theater with the full experience you know and the enrapturement and like the coziness of being in a theater that smells like popcorn and yeah you might hear somebody next to you you know chit chat i mean not chit chatting but like chewing away chomping away but man it's so good it's such a good experience um and uh i am urging everybody that is listening to make the effort to at least try to go to the movies uh once a month it's such a like good experience and especially if you're someone that loves movies um it's worth the effort i feel um and the regal subscription has been worth every fucking penny i will tell you that um and yeah i could not advocate for it enough i wish i had an amc in my area so i could try try that out but like the closest amc is like literally 50 minutes away um and i can't commit to a subscription for amc um when there's so many regals around um in central florida so fuck that um but yeah i mean this is also tying into kind of movies and you know the direction in which movies are being made and kind of who they're being marketed towards um we finally may be coming upon people a rom-com renaissance um the demand online for rom-coms have been fucking astronomical um i feel like within the past like i would say about five years especially because of netflix um they are the only ones that avidly are trying to make rom-coms work um especially with their originals or just you know what they put on the platform i think that they're a really good um streaming service that highlights that and like i said has been making the conscious effort to like include more rom-coms even though those rom-coms aren't necessarily inclusive but that's another story for another day um I think they're the only platform that are actively like buying um, ideas and buying scripts from rom-com writers. Um, and Emily Henry, actually the writers, uh, the writer of Book Lovers and People Who Meet on Vacation and Beach Read, um, and she has a couple other. Uh, she has another book coming out soon, but you know she just announced on her Instagram about how there is a need for rom-coms and like the resurgence of rom-com books, um, which again another conversation for another day that i would love to talk about with a couple of my friends that are um avid rom-com readers and their thoughts on like the past like five years about much that's boomed um but it's evident that in movies too we're missing that nostalgic kind of rom-com era and we all want it again now that most of us that watched them when we were teens are now like fucking 
full-fledged adults um nearly in our 30s we need like this sort of like hope that love is alive sort of thing um and i i think it would be like good for men to see as well um there's a couple of like gay rom-coms that have come out like um fire island was fucking amazing one of it made my top 10 last year of movies um and honestly it was it was just such a heartwarming and cute story um and it was raunchy it was raunchy it was good the dialogue was good jim um <laughs> joel kim booster um and bo and yang as like besties that are just like energy on 100 this sounds so cringe but <laughs> it's true they were just so great together as a duo um and like writing duo as well it's just it's good to see that in comedy there are some people that are still keeping it alive and not like this fake woke politics which i feel like that's only people who really don't know anything about like modern comedy and aren't aren't in the end with like stand-up comics and stuff like that um they think that there's like this sort of censorship that's going on now when it's really not um it's just not being a fucking asshole and a bigot and a fucking homophobe like it's all of those things um that people are it, it's too much in comedy now it's too it's too you can't be yourself you can't just make a joke and it's like you can make jokes um you have to make tasteful jokes um that aren't specifically directed towards a group of people that you're trying to harm and perpetuate a stereotype um which you know as a grown-up woman i would think is easy enough but there's a lot of people that don't fucking understand that and that's men and women alike non-binaries all alike um some of y'all are fucking weird and i need you to get a grasp on what comedy actually is um but in comedy there's a lot going on um a lot of good a lot of good just i wouldn't say wholesome comedies but like definitely like on the less raunchier side happening um in tv and movies which is cool to see um it really is but you know i'm kind of missing i'm missing spoof movies man i'm missing like just like absolute shitting on like movies like vampire sucks epic movie like if we could adapt that with like today's humor and like also while like mocking like you know like modern like social media platforms and stuff like i think that if we did like kind of like what missing did so missing is a movie that takes place on a computer um and like through all these different social media devices and like uh social media devices god i sound fucking old it's not what i meant um all of these different devices so like they went across i believe it was through all apple products so it was like her macbook phone her macbook her phone her ipad you know like all those different you know different types of technologies that you can use to access social media um you know in search of her mother was the whole point of the movie but she's you can only see her through the screen um i think like doing a spoof movie of that not that movie specifically but like utilizing that to make a comedy movie like a spoof one like in the way of like a wayans brother bro it'd be so fucking good i i'm just saying it would be fucking good um and you know tying that into fucking back to streaming services and back to how now we're seeing with like hbo max as a has always done like the weekly releases of episodes right like they are used to that format 
um, especially when Game of Thrones was starting to stream and not really on cable anymore. Um, we saw them utilize that. Um, but now I see that it's happening a lot across different platforms. Um, and of course it's happened within the past like four or five years as streaming services have gotten more popular um, and like have essentially wiped out cable altogether. Um, but it's nice and it's refreshing to see the weekly format resurface. Even though like the things that like I would traditionally say are on cable still like ABC, um, like networks like that, Fox, all of that. Um, even though they're still having these sitcom like TV shows, right? They're still doing weekly releases within like the streaming services that they are partnered with. So like for exa example, Abbott Elementary, they still do the weekly releases um, and it might not be every week. I mean, Quinta goes on Twitter and like tells us if there's going to be a new episode or not. And, um, you know, we kind of go with that. So it's like keeping that alive and like that aspect and like resurging of that um, has really been cool. I love like a good like weekly release and you're all doing a watch party on Twitter. Like it just brings like that that sense of like fandom and like, uh, you know, like likeness that. I felt like was missing for a couple years in between there, um, between like COVID and now that we're like kind of in a post COVID era, even though, like I said, this has been continuous, but to see more of it is just great. Um, it's really like we're healing, you know, we're healing. Um, and I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, and we're also going back to like 30 minute episodes, which, oh my God, I feel, I don't know if I'm the only one, but I feel like my brain has been broken because of these like 40 minute hour long formats like and i'm expecting to watch a show and now you got me sitting here for 45 minutes watching an episode with 20 minutes of fucking shit that could have been cut out now i'm just pissed off you know like now i'm just like dragging and like now i've got to binge all of it because all eight episodes have released and you know shit like that and it's so i'm so glad that we're going back to like 30 minute segments and 35 um, and it's fucking exciting, man. I think we should challenge ourselves to sh fucking put less shit in TV. Um, man, like what happened to like not knowing? What happened to, you know, cliffhangers? Um, and not like at the end of a fucking series, right? What happened to cliffhangers within an episode that I have to keep going and going and going and not like I have to keep going because, you know, like the plot will reveal itself eventually. Um, and like, yeah, like these 30 to like 40 minute little cut seg like li cut little uh <laughs> I sound like I'm describing something. <laughs> but like these 30 to 40 minute episodes are fucking killer, man. I want to see more. Um I want to be a part of that. I want when I develop my TV show, we are sticking to like a 30 to 40 minute format. Um just because the hour is so long. It's so long sometimes. Like there are some shows that you know it can be forgiven because the pacing is so fucking good that you almost forgive it that it's an hour um <coughs> k-dramas but um some of these some of these shows need to work on pacing for real like y'all cannot be dragging out a conversation for like 10 15 minutes when it is not affecting the plot like i'm sorry but you need to get a fucking grip like truly truly get a grip um so yeah but tying that in with tv shows and you know there's a lot of good music supervision that's going on and a lot of um new music to be discovered 
Um, and I feel like my main source now of like digesting music is like through TikTok, as corny as that sounds. But like, I love a good curated playlist. I love when people spoon feed me what their you know weekly wrapped is um i'm not a spotify user by the way um <laughs> i mean i am but i'm not i have the subscription and i do make certain playlists on there um but i'm an apple music girly so i'm sorry y'all um i know that's usually a big disappointment for everyone but um i like text and i like simple interface and usage and i don't like lots of buttons so <laughs> that's why i'm a apple music girly um but you know, like, I would say Apple Music's, like, weekly discoveries and shit like that are nowhere near as cool as, like, Spotify's algorithm. Um, so I'm not even going to pretend, like, I'm going to defend Apple Music when I'm not. Um, but, like, even then with Spotify, um, it depends on, like, you know, what you listen to. It will all be within that genre. It doesn't really do much outside of what it thinks that your niche is, right? So you would have to, like... You would have to be strictly on Spotify in order to get that discover playlist that shows like the whole range, you know, of your personality and your music taste. Um, so that's why it doesn't work for me. So that's why TikTok is a platform that I'm like, yes, I was looking for this certain type of artist. I do like this certain type of music. Thank you for giving me a 20 screenshot slideshow of songs that I should add. Um, or just simply like up and coming artists like sh showcasing their music or being like, you know like this is us this is my band this is our personality type you know be a fan of ours and i'm like yes i love the marketing i love the avocation um you really are your own marketer when you're a fucking musician uh so i can only imagine how how much more like daunting it is to create content for like indie artists um but i love it man i love discovering like new artists and like or like older artists right that i'm not really hip to like 70s bossa nova was in like all over my tiktok for you page for a while um i'm more of like discovering some more like heavy metal because that's what i wanted to do this year i wanted to like dive deep into like a specific genre so i told myself that this year was the year of metal this was the year that i would listen to a lot more um punk music a lot more metal heavy metal new metal um all of that sort of shit and so like most of my for you page right now is curated towards that um which i'm not fucking complaining because i love it and i could listen to it pretty fucking frequently um and i've created my own spotify playlist i haven't really done one on apple music just yet um because that's more of like a gym playlist like car playlist kind of thing if i'm not feeling like outside of the ordinary sort of thing um but yeah like that is what i'm focusing on right now in terms of music and i really want to know like how you guys discover music like how do you find new artists um is it like people giving you recommendations that like you frequently go to and like you know that their music taste is different than yours is it just like you asking strangers you know how they kind of how they curate that or are you like me like do you utilize tiktok do you utilize like your spotify um weekly like do you just scroll endlessly on spotify because i know when i was like 14 that's all i did on my computer um because i had literally nothing else to do like do you have the like i guess that's my most important question right like do you have the time to essentially find all this music like is it a part of your life is it a part of your daily routine 
to go out of your way to find new music or does it kind of just find you like via social media um you know i would really love to know because i'm always interested on how people get into certain things and how people get into certain music specifically um which is insane because i'm just like who did you have to meet who did you have to interact with in order to like be like yeah actually i fuck with that i fuck with rap i fuck with metal i fuck with you know ska or like you know jazz um which i feel like jazz is a very um niche genre that not a lot of people like heavily dive into so when people tell me that you know like jazz is in their top five genres i'm like how do you find all this information like do you just listen to lps like do you go to the record shop like it just like scour bins like what goes on especially with new jazz man there's so much to be explored and to learn about music that is like forever changing um and you know going to like curated music tastes and like just people in general with like celebrities and like what they choose to like share on like social media platforms and like the music that they like you kind of are like un discovering like especially if this is somebody that um, is more active on social media you seeing what they listen to um, can also heavily affect um, you know like your music taste and I feel like a lot of celebrities can put on musicians as well like I'm, I'm talking about like in other art forms right like mainly like TV and movie kind of actors or like um, just regular influencers like you know they share music or you know you share enough you push it out to the masses and you know now everybody's listening to it so like there's a lot of influence and a lot of why like those people run in the same circles and to kind of tie into that I mean how do we feel about kind of celebrities nowadays like I was just discussing this with someone about how we don't have like oh this isn't specifically um, referencing because all the Hunger Games were put on Netflix right for um, as of like a couple months ago I guess but they're going off the platform by tomorrow actually the 31st because um, I'm recording this on the 30th and um, anyway just the resurgence of Josh Hutcherson and like where is he and what is he doing like not a lot of people know um, and he kind of spoke out about how he doesn't really want the spotlight like he always wanted to be a normal dude um interviewing and like kind of publicizing his life wasn't really a part of what he wanted as an actor he kind of wanted acting to be like um like an art like a career you know like normal people would do like not involve it in their whole life right um and it just wasn't for him when he was like in his early 20s like coming up on um, with the Hunger Games specifically because that was a new era of like Tumblr and fucking Instagram was popping and Twitter was popping and you know you could share your love of your fandom and you know you could obsess over your favorite celebrity and tweet as many times as you wanted tweet tweet your favorite celebrity as often as you could and they might respond you know like all these things were like up and coming and like new ground and nobody knew how to manage like kind of your offline persona with your online persona and I think he kind of couldn't handle the fact that he had to be an online persona as well right like he just wanted to be on when he was on doing interviews um and like you know like these normal like streamlined things like being on radio shows or being on good morning America and all that bullshit um where you would 
traditionally like see celebrities and see people do interviews and stuff um and we were in the era of no you also have to be online you also have to show us your personality like what do you do when you're online like how can we monitor that you're cool i think it's also like tying into like the coolness factor like can you be one of us right can you assimilate to internet culture um can you say the right things can you do the right things can you while simultaneously being a celebrity with all this notoriety right and it's just so insane that he was just like no he's like as hot shit as i am as how up and coming and talented as i am which he is which is why i'm saying all of this um like i don't want it i want to be a normal person i don't want to have to put myself online and so he kind of withered away out of the spotlight and it was harder for him to get gigs and he does a lot of like producing and a lot of like smaller projects but he's not in like a franchise anymore um because like you have to be that persona right in order to get those big gigs and you know you got to think about like how um especially with like the whole marvel like interviews how that changed like interviewing game like people wanted to an actor specifically wanted to you know say all these things that could be capped for like gifs and fucking uh clipped um for videos and like share and like viralness and all of the shit and that kind of like shifted towards the anonymity that we had towards celebrities previously that we no longer have there's no anonymity between you know me and timothy chalamet like even though he's not online mainly you know what type of persona he curates by what he does choose to post um and like takes and for example she's the exact same way she will only post like certain um you know fashion or like funny things related to her she's not really outspoken online but somebody that would be like considered also like a online persona would be like lizzo um who she is like heavily online like heavenly involved with her fans online um she is someone that grew up in internet culture she's someone that knows how to assimilate to like trends and like knows what's trending um and knows how to like cater to her art her audience um while she's like working on projects or before she's about to put on projects and so like she would be a great example of someone that knows how to curate their online life accordingly to their artistry um and who takes great pride in it to say all of that um is to say that there is a lot of like disappointment that also comes with um knowing people and the viralness so like um just like a lot I'll, I'll speak in more vague terms because this isn't really specifically about one specific person but it is a lot of shit that is coming to light to the light in regards of like sexual assault allegations and sexual assault um like cases that are being handled in court um and like literally should determine somebody's career because you should not be treating somebody like that when you're not in front of a camera um in your private life definitely needs to be held accountable to some degree um and affect your artistry because it does to normal everyday people right and with celebrities i feel like we've given so much grace in terms of you know it i don't care what anybody says cancel culture to a degree is not fucking real um you will still continue to hate or digest whatever media those people are putting out um, because they are backed by other big conglomerates that are giving them the money to put out this content. If not, the money is being provided by them themselves, right? Um, 
And it's just crazy that these people can still have a career and still have a life and still, you know, like their victims are having to live with seeing somebody put in the spotlight like that. And I don't think that online, like there's only so much we can do, you know, like there's only so much we can like, what is it called? Um, like block from seeing like certain types of content um with like the twitter features and stuff like that like not feeding into all of that shit and not supporting and not going out to see those things but like to the people that are not in the internet aren't online who aren't reading up on you know these things like there's so much like that's that's like the dual side of like not having anonymity um of having anonymity i'm sorry um with celebrities and like not knowing that they are like literal pieces of shit like in their day-to-day lives and like treat people like shit and they're able to we're putting them at the forefront to make these millions of dollars and it's like god we should be holding these fucking people accountable like it is so insane um like obviously not in the cases where like they're being defamed um unrightfully so right um but like in the ones where there's literal proof and literal evidence and shit like that it's just so creepy to see and then people are like you know you tell somebody like oh so and so you know beat his girlfriend into a coma um and you know she had to recover for x amount of days and you know took a restraining order out on him but you know he still lives to see another day and still lives to like fucking make another movie with a multi-million dollar project and you know he's being signed on with you know like this production company all this shit and it's like I can't even imagine going through something that's so traumatic and then like seeing your abuser like to that high regarded degree of celebrity and like god it's we got to do better in terms of that because there's way too many like disappointing men in specific um to point out a gender because it is mainly you know men that are at the forefront of revealing all of this shit and i'm not saying it doesn't happen to women I'm not saying that women aren't abusers and, you know, women aren't um, a part of the problem sometimes, but we're seeing it more so with men in Hollywood. And we know this. We know there's hella predatory shit that goes on in Hollywood. And so, like, we can quite literally hold the accountability by not supporting and not giving the energy online and not hate watching, man. Because hate watches, man, they can. They can turn into a sequel. We saw that with Kissing Booth. We don't need to see it again. Um, so, um, and that's just like a very mild, you know, like a very mild thing um, and not directly related to like essay. But, oh God, yeah, we got to do better in terms of that. But I just want to see us have like no more like record breaking, like first black woman, first Asian woman, first hispanic woman you know first anything anymore we should be we should be at the center of stories um and women specifically all of us like this shit is just nauseating it's nauseating when you think about how when i think about how many intelligent and insightful women that i know um and that can make great art um and have these complex thoughts and that you know are willing to like give us what we want you know um we're just not seeing a lot of them being represented in these jobs and it's it's fucking heartbreaking it is um 
but you know, I live to see another day. Still, I rise. We will get there one day. Um, it's just not gonna be any time in the future, unfortunately. That just fucking sucks. But I want to end on a good note, and I just want to do like a rapid fire of like shit I've been loving, shit I've been obsessed with again. Um, you know, I'm someone that is undiagnosed ADHD and autism, so it. I got a lot of hyperfixation. So as of lately, you know, right now I'm looking at my screen. I have been watching Twilight all day. Um, and I hope in the future to do a Twilight specific episode, um, kind of talking about the lore of Twilight um, and all of the multifaceted shit that goes on within it. Um, I would love to explore Twilight one day. But, you know, I've been obsessed with Twilight again. I'm in my resurgence. I'm on the third movie out of, what, five? Four, five, yeah, five, um, and I am going to get my Twilight book series collection going again. Um, happy to see that. <laughs> and you know, I'm also watching watching Mash, um, which is a show that I used to watch as a kid with my dad. Um, usually, I'd be almost passed out on the couch by the time that he turned on Mash. So I don't know much about the baseline of the story, but. Um, Alan, Alan Alda is literally gender envy for me. I want to sound like him. Um, in another life, I would look like him. Um, but it's uh, it, it's a good show. It's good comedy. Um, it's definitely a product of its time with some of the jokes, but nothing too nothing too out there. Um, and I would say it's pretty progressive considering, you know, like the setting in which it takes place, but. MASH is good. It's a hit. I'm still in season one, but that's something that I'm, like, I, like, have been starting to watch again um, before, like, I wind down for the day. So, like, it'll be, like, the last, like, TV show I watch before I go to bed. Um, and, you know, there's, like, so many different <coughs> uh, food snacks that I hyperfixate on, but, you know, at the beginning I was <laughs> eating an Uncrustable. Um, Uncrustables have been in a staple for the past, I don't know three four months um i'm probably gonna go on another mozzarella stick kick pretty fucking soon um <laughs> i can feel it in my bones um i did go on a unicorn cakes stint for like a week but that shortly wrapped because i have no self-control and also i should not be eating that much sugar um that frequently so i really had to stop that but i want to know you know what you guys are obsessed with as of lately um is there any topics you guys want me to talk about you know, shoot me a DM um, over at Trivial Lore Podcast on Instagram um, or just like in the comment section down below. Um, whatever you feel, whatever you think I should talk about. Um, if you want to discuss something a little bit further with me, um, I know I touched on a lot of different topics, um, but, you know, moving forward, I'm going to do a little bit more specifically curated ones per episode. Um, but we'll see. You know, like I said, this is a digital diary. It's a fucking dump um just like me <laughs> so i'm just gonna explore you know what works best and you know just let me know if you guys have been enjoying what you've been hearing but i'm really excited to see where trivial lore takes us um and the different people i'm able to get on the show to explore some different topics with um so thank you for tuning in um follow me on all social media platforms uh trivial lore podcast um and i hope to see you guys in the next episode bye